0: Out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to the 109th episode of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. The Wolf. And I will be joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Gary Action Jackson, on the east coast of America. And I hope everybody had a wonderful Hanukkah and Christmas. It was pretty chill around here. It actually didn't go anywhere or do much of anything. And gosh, what a blessing that is after a crazy year of moving a few times and trying to assimilate to Amsterdam, a new language, a new culture. It was good to be able to just chill out a little bit and reflect and relax a little bit. And I hope that you were able to do some of the same out there. I also hope that you tuned in to episode number 108, featuring our interview with Jim Cregan, who is a longtime collaborator with Rod Stewart. And of course, he has a new Christmas single when a child is born, that benefits Angel Force USA to help veterans who are struggling with their mental health, and I, I hope you gave a listen to that and maybe checked out Angel Force USA to see uh, the good work that they're doing there. But to wrap up the year here. Last year, we kind of did a year in review, the rock records and people who passed away and things like that, but I thought this year, because so many changes happened for Ugly American Werewolf, I mean, we had a lot of milestones this year, right? Hit our 100th episode, uh, we moved to Pantheon Podcast, which is a brilliant, brilliant group of podcasters from really around the world, but certainly concentrated in the USA and mostly focused on music, there's really something in there for everybody, and we're just really proud to be part of that fraternity, you know, and proud of the the folks who we had on our show or who uh, we've been on their show, you know, like the founder of Pantheon Podcast, Christian Swain, uh, who's uh, got a great show called Rock and Roll Archaeology, like Tom and Zeus, the Kiss Kings themselves of Shout It Out Loudcast, like Paul Stevenson of This Day Rocks and Vintage Rock Pod, like Jay at The Hook Rocks, like Christy. Uh, at Rock Is Lit. Great shows and great folks, and we're going to talk a little bit about them on this show here today, because we're going to walk through uh, all the highlights of, of of everyone we spoke to this year, the, the albums, the concerts, the podcasters, the artists. And so it's not super long, but we actually broke it down into two shows. So this is the first show. We're going to have Where we're going to talk about all our guests who are podcasters or journalists who've been on the show to talk about maybe something that they were selling or to talk about a band or an album that we really wanted to review. And then we're going to talk about all the concerts that we finally got to go to because, yeah, after two years of sitting inside from COVID and waiting for certain tours to happen, finally we got to get out and do that. And we're not just talking about one or two shows. Jackson and I went to almost a dozen shows between the two of us. We made episodes about those shows, and some of them were so much fun, and we just kind of wanted to review all that here with you and give you a chance to maybe go back and listen to some of those in case you missed them earlier this year. And then for next week's show, which will become show number 110, we're going to talk about all the artists that we had on this year, which is a real thrill for us. Look, we love rock music. Other than our families, it's the one thing we love more than anyone or anything, and that's kind of why we started this podcast, was so that we can talk to each other about the music that we love, about albums we like or have discovered, or Have had shoved down our throats. We're like, okay, maybe we need to check these out. We just talk about rock and roll between the two of us on a weekly basis. And then we were hoping, well, maybe one day we'll get to talk to some people who we love, some of the artists that have made this amazing music, and ask them some questions, maybe some questions we've always wanted to ask them. So when you start a podcast, you start to put a list together of some of the people who you'd like to talk to. And there's some that might be a stretch, and there's some that you know you're never gonna get on the show, but there's some of thinking, "Hey, it'd be great if we can get her on. It'd be wonderful if we get him onto the show." Uh, and so, some of that came to fruition in 2022, and we definitely want to share that with you. But. So we don't have a two and a half hour program for you. We're going to break that up a little bit. And this week, we're going to focus on all of our podcast guests and all the concerts that we got to review. And another amazing thing that happened to us in 2022 is we became sponsored. We found an incredible sponsor in the UK, rarevinyl.com who have been procuring and shipping records all over the world for nearly 40 years here. I've been to their warehouse. I've been to their offices. They have an amazing team down there taking great care to find all these old records or programs or singles or CDs or DVDs or whatever it is you're looking for, posters, taking care of them and then shipping them all Over the world. They've got a five-star rating from Trustpilot. They've got a quarter of a million items in stock. And if you use the code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you can get 10% off not only that first order, but all your orders going forward. So if you're a record collector in the UK, in Europe, in the US, in Japan, wherever you might be, Australia, go to rarevinyl.com or eil.com Use the code podcast, save 10% off all your orders, and we had a great year with Rare Vinyl, so proud that they sponsored us. Okay, like I said, we would have to do two and a half hours to get through everything on the year in review here, but on this first one, we want to focus on the guests we've had, the fellow podcasters, some journalists, writers, people like that on, and then we're going to talk about the concerts, that turned us on, that we finally got to go see, including some bands that I never thought I'd see again, like the Rolling Stones, some bands that I'm seeing for the first time, like Duran Duran, my first trip to Royal Albert Hall, a lot of fun stuff to talk about, Jackson's first trip to see the cult in years. We're really happy that live music is back, and we're really happy we're able to talk about it on the show here. So settled in, this is me and Jackson on the 2022 Year in Review of the Ugly American Werewolf in London, right here on The Wolf.
2: So, you know, last year, at the end of the year, we did kind of a a year review to kind of talk about albums we liked, stuff that happened, you know, in the world of rock and roll and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I thought this year would be good to kind of reflect on the year of the Ugly American Werewolf in London, like the shows we've done, you know, the guests that we've had, because 2022 was a real pivotal year for us, if you think Mm -hmm. about it, buddy. I mean, Mm -hmm. most of... The first year was us trying to figure out, what are we doing? How do we do this? (laughs) How do we get a guest on? You know, all that kind of stuff. But this year, we did a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff between the topics you and I chose, between the fact that we got to see each other on both continents, you Mm -hmm. know, this year, between we had, we, uh, we became a part of Pantheon podcast, which was huge for us. We got a killer sponsor, and I want to talk about them a little bit. But then we had a lot of great guests, both, you know, podcaster and and I guess you'd call journalist writer types. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, musicians, people who we really admire and and have loved over the years. Some we've just kind of gotten to know more recently, but it's really kind of a, us taking the next step, really pushing forward and pushing the boundaries of what we want to do with our little show here.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. This This was the year we kind of really stepped out into our own. Uh, figured out how to do the the audio a little better, and my memory is just Swiss cheese because I was looking back through the episodes. I'm like, wow, we did a lot of stuff this year. Like, it starts to get mashed up between 2021 and 2022, and some stuff that we I thought we had done a couple weeks ago was really back. Like, we talked to to Sunny back in like August. August, and I was like, no, wasn't that like two weeks ago? No, so it it is. It's fun to go back and reflect, and yeah, to to think about the number of guests that we had this year versus last year it's it's insane the people that we got to talk to
2: it's crazy and it's so much fun you know, and mm-hmm. we didn't miss a week man we did not miss the show this week, this year you know yeah um, which I, i'm pretty proud of it. it's not like we didn't have obstacles or things that would have <laughs> prevented us from doing it you no know, we putting <laughs> one out there you know but i mean to give you some uh to give you some some numbers just because i like stats we did do 52, this will be our 52nd show of the year. So mm-hmm. one week, you know, uh, proud of that. We started the year with uh, Van Halen, the first album. And interestingly enough, you know, about almost a year later, you know, about 50 weeks later, we did we did Diver Down. And then the, the last interview we did on show 108 is Jim Cregan, who's on last week, amazing guitar player and songwriter who, playing with Rod Stewart many, many years, has that great Christmas single, When a Child Is Born. But we did, okay, so we did 29 album reviews, 29 different albums okay. that we reviewed this year. And sometimes we would do two once, or sometimes we would do an album in addition to an interview, like we did mm-hmm. with Jeff Downs and Post to the Edge. Sometimes we would review an album with a guest, you know, like we did with On and Rock Percival, Gentle Giant, or we did it with Amanda Lehman basically walked track by track through her own album innocence and illusion mm. so we reviewed 29 different records we did we had 11 different podcasts and we'll call them journo journalist types on the show to do album reviews with us or to talk about uh, different things uh, and we'll get into some of those here we reviewed we did 10 shows on live concerts uh, and technically, we did 12 different concerts, because sometimes we would double up because I'd seen the show and you'd seen the show that week, and so right, we kind right. of did them together. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll kind of go through the list of those. But we had nine shows where we interviewed artists. And of course, you know, the first one was Amanda Lehman back in January. And uh, and of course, Amanda is a very talented singer, songwriter, guitar player her own, right? Came to know her... Through her work with Steve Hackett. But uh, she had her own uh, album, Innocence Illusion, which made my top five list in 2021. And I invited her to come on the show. She was uh, happy to do it. And she actually came back again uh, to promote a single that she did, One Last Stint. But when we first started a little more than two years ago, we did dream about getting some of these folks on. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know how, how I won't say how serious we were, but it's more like, how much do you really thought it would happen? Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's two different things. We were dead serious. I absolutely. just didn't know if we could actually make it happen. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> absolutely what we wanted. And we believe right. we would do a good job if we if we got them oh, on. Well, that's but, why, like when you when you said uh that Amanda was going to come on, I'm like, really? Okay. Well, I didn't think this was ever gonna happen, but yeah, let's put together some questions because we have to sound semi intelligent here when we talk to her. And you talk about sound quality. Obviously I was living in London
2: at the time and I, I look, I live in a very nice block, but it's a block that's, you know, hundreds of years old. So there's mm-hmm. constantly construction going on, whether it's <laughs> someone renovating a house or, you know, we have a bad <laughs> flood in the summer of 2021. And some people were still rebuilding after that, or maybe they're just ripping up the street, and putting in, you know, cable wire and then, you know, putting it back together. You know, so that day I went to the front of the house where I usually recorded. And they were jackhammering, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to do it in the front of the house. So I go to the back of the house. Well, back there, they were, you know, uh, uh, they were grilling and sawing because they were preparing. But I was like, oh, this is horrible. So then I go into the bathroom to okay, I can get quiet. But the echo is so horrible. But, you know, it, we would sound like, you know, complete fools. So I'm like, oh, my god, we finally get an artist on someone I admire, someone I really want to talk to people with. We're going to sound like such fools basically we just yeah. got lucky that the guys out the front were taking yeah. a lunch break and, oh, I, and she, we, we we had a great saturday we had a great time talking to the man those were well, just yeah, some she, of
1: the ups and downs of think you know yeah and she was very gracious uh for two guys who were basically just still learning the ropes and this being the first i think that she was the first actual interview that we had done with an artist so yeah i was very nervous i thought it turned out great and she was just absolutely to be the first one out of the gate Absolutely delightful to talk to. Wonderful.
2: You know? And of course, I was certain that I was going to be able to see her with Steve as they toured on Seconds Out. And mm. uh, oh, and, and kind of wrapped up that tour. And then I, had, well, I did see them on Seconds Out. And then they were going to do Foxtrot at 50, which they did. They started this fall. They will continue into next year. I had tickets to see them. But of course, we moved to Amsterdam. So I had to give those tickets up, unfortunately. Speaking of tickets, I might have to give up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, we moved agree. to Amsterdam Like great, Amsterdam's a major city We're going to have some big concerts I'm going to be here a couple of years, who's coming? Well so I load up, I get good seats To see Roger Waters on his Farewell tour mm-hmm. Metallica announces the coolest tour I've ever heard in my life They're doing two nights in a city Two nights in, two shows two in three nights Two completely different set lists They do not repeat the same song At all on those two nights Yep. the tour goes for two years Amsterdam is the first night I'm like this is going to be great I'm going to see them we're going to do a show on it it's going to do great ratings because no one will, will have seen them yeah. live yet you know we'll be the first well now you're moving to America thank like, you yeah, well maybe I'll use some frequent flyer miles to come on back for that weekend because I'm not missing that got Peter Gabriel tickets you know, which is his first tour of Europe in more than a decade, and I was going to take my daughter, yeah. but like, this will complete Genesis for me, right? Because I saw Phil and Tony and Mike mm-hmm. at the O2 this year, you know, from one of the first, second to last ever to go. I've seen Steve Hackett, replies, this completes Genesis. Well, maybe not. I don't know if I'm going to fly all the way back to that. You know, obviously you and I are going to see Iron Maiden both in Amsterdam and Brussels, and we're keeping that can't wait for that that is going to be fantastic it's going to be awesome but now i need to book some more hotel rooms and book my own flight and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i'll tell you the thing that really that really kind of pissed me off oh boy yeah that morning the morning i found out we're probably going to move back to i like the night that we that i found out we'll probably going to move back to america that morning i bought tickets to see kiss in oh. Amsterdam for my daughter for Christmas. And it's a Mm -hmm. week after her birthday. This was going to be her big Christmas present. Like I told you it probably wasn't going to happen again. But one more time, Mm -hmm. because the first time I took her, she loved it, but she was four. And she couldn't couldn't get through the whole show. Mm The second time, she was five. It was really only about six months, four months later. And she was overly tired. And she just couldn't make it. I'm like, you know what? We're in London where I'm just going to take her and if they come back yeah. around i'll take it when she's old well, now she's older she can do it and the day that i got him i said okay yeah, you're not gonna live here now I'm like what the fuck, man what a <laughs> bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but i might fly her back for it i, I don't know i don't know I, i've accumulated a lot of miles I, I ran up some points on my american mm-hmm. express so i i might consider it yeah Hi, this is Steve Hackett, and you're listening to The Ugly American Werewolf in London. So, what would you like to talk about first? You want to talk about shows? You want to talk about... I was thinking we do guests, shows, and then artists. Yeah, sounds good. Is that all good? Yeah. Because I, I think I asked you to do, like, your top ten shows, but then I tried to do that, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And I, I can yeah. I can't separate this, and how can I say that I was, you know, happier to talk to Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp than I was to talk to Jeff Dallas? Like, that's,
1: you know, how it, can it I say it. that? yeah, it it really it really is like asking you, you know, which one is your favorite kid? They were all. I don't think we had a bad interview, exactly. And I it was just it was great to talk to every single one of them. Absolutely,
2: and and I won't go through every single show and and every single album that we reviewed, but I mm. do want to talk about all of our guests. The shows that we were able to see and review, and absolutely, you know, every artist that we had on there. And we can talk about maybe a couple of special moments, but okay. But, uh, but let's start to walk through it. I'm going to kind of do these in words because that's how I wrote them down. But starting at the beginning of the year, we had on, I believe Neil from Deflet Pod was our first repeat guest, right? We, we had him on in 2021 mm-hmm. to talk hysteria yeah. with us. And then on episode 60, we talked about the Beatles get back because the documentary had come out at the end of the year and he's a liver who you know i had the Beatles shoved down his throat his life and <laughs> but it was such an amazing documentary i wanted to not only talk about it with you but to get an english person's perspective and mm. somebody who grew up in liverpool
1: i thought would be a good idea and it, it was a great show it was a fun talk yeah it was interesting to hear his point of view from somebody who like you said he grew up around the beatles but admittedly, he was never a big Beatles fan. Right. Uh, only because, you know, I don't think he really ever gave him a chance because everybody was like, oh, well, you know, they're the best band in the world. You know, they're they're the greatest thing that's ever happened. No one will ever top that. And if it's not from your generation, you're always going to say, well, yeah, you don't know anything. But exactly. to hear him, it, to say that he went through the, the documentary and just got a better feel for them. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, maybe he didn't become a super huge fan, but definitely got more of a reverence and enjoyed watching it. It was pretty cool to get his perspective.
2: Absolutely, you know, and it was an amazing cultural touchstone. I think mm-hmm. for so many people of so many different ages, right? This Beatles documentary to kind of show them, you know, in their element there, and, and you know, and so, like, George was like twenty-five or twenty-six, maybe mm-hmm. at the time. And you think, oh, well, they're so old, mature. They've
1: done all these things and made all this money.
2: They were still kids, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to, and to watch them go through the creative process, was pretty It was pretty excellent too. I mean, now it's been you know years and years and years, and you've heard the records a million times. But this was them actually thinking of the music and putting it together. It was a great kind of a window into how that worked, and the fact that they cut down—I don't know what was it, like a hundred and something hours—yeah—to do that. It, that was a massive feat, also. So kudos to Peter Jackson for making uh making something that even though it was what like ten hours long altogether,
2: yeah, very watchable
1: yeah and, and interesting from start to finish
2: absolutely you know fantastic and it wasn't the only movie that we reviewed we did review the ronnie james Dio, mm-hmm. uh, you know documentary uh, later in the year so i think that might be something we do more of next year you know okay yeah they, because we did rush uh like the, you know their concert movie whatever we done that in, in 2021 but hopefully there'll be more opportunities to to do some of those things and Obviously, review records, we could review movies, especially sure. if they have a good, maybe it's a documentary or they have a good music title. You know? mm-hmm. uh, now, Neil is a huge Steph Leppard fan, obviously. And our guest on show number 63, Chris, from My Rock and Roll Heaven, he may be the biggest Steph Leopard fan in all of Canada. <laughs> and he's a great guest. And he loves music from that kind of late 80s hard rock, hair, metal, mm-hmm. or, you know time period and he's a real expert on it now. And uh, he he used to have a great show in his own right. I think he's working on something new. But he this is the first time we actually got him on twice. So show 63 was us talking about Guns N' Roses appetite for destruction on its 35th anniversary or thereabouts. But we got him back later in the year on episode 91 because you know he like you Went to the stadium tour. I got to see Def Leppard with Motley Crude, with Poison, with Joan Jett. And although we had already heard your review of the stadium tour, I thought it was cool to get his perspective, not only because he's such a huge fan and he's seen them so many times, but also because he did see them indoors, you yeah. know, because the, the Toronto, whatever they call that, the Rogers Center, or whatever yeah, it's called The old Sky Man. Dome. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right. It has the retractable roof, which they put up. Uh, so that kind of changes the
0: element.
1: Yeah. And it was interesting too, because we're, we're, we're kind of on the same page with a lot of stuff. We're also not, I mean, I, he is a big poison fan and was mm-hmm. excited to see them. Whereas I went and saw it and said, well, you know, if they're there, I'll watch them. But if they weren't there, that wouldn't hurt my feelings either. Exactly. So yeah. Somebody who was actually excited to, to see them perform and yeah, just to get another take on it where it's, it's, it's there's a lot of stuff that's similar, but there's also a lot of stuff that's different. I, uh, like you said, he's into the a lot into the hair metal of the the late '80s, early '90s, and I know he loves to he loves to collect cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you relive those glory days of the the Alpine and the '82 Honda, or wherever you were driving around at that time. <laughs> well, I think he'll 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 collect yeah, anything.
2: with leopard on it. He'll collect a reel-to-reel or an eight-track. You know. <laughs> you know? Uh, he's a super guy, and as most mm-hmm. Canadians are, very nice, uh, and he's very knowledgeable about all that kind of stuff. Has great facts, and you know, check out Rock These Tweets at Rock These Tweets. He's got a lot of you know on this day kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and some of it's a little you know weighted toward Canada or Canadian type artists, but that's okay. You know, it, it, it's a great way to learn about bands that we might not
1: know of. Yeah, the other thing that he does uh, a lot that I like is he he posts the charts. You know, mm-hmm. on this day in, you know, 1993 or whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember that song. And I can't believe that didn't chart higher or it was higher than I thought it was. It's just interesting to go into the time machine. And you, there's stuff that you definitely remember, but there's also stuff that you've forgotten. And it's a good way to kind of refresh your memory and maybe listen to some stuff that you've forgotten about. Well,
2: what's amazing to me is I'll show a chart from like 1983. And I'm like, oh, my God, I remember all these albums. I remember mm-hmm. all these songs. Show me a chart from 2003. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? (laughs) I don't remember any of this. You know, none of this stuff is timeless. And and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, boomer, yeah, you're old. But it makes me wonder because we bought those albums, and then we would listen to the heck out of them, and we would go to our friend's house, and they would have the albums we didn't have. But kids today who don't own it, and maybe they download it and stream it, does it resonate with them? Are they going to look back when they're in their 40s you know, the stuff when they were 10 years old, whenever they were getting into music
1: and say, oh, yeah, I remember all this stuff. And we'd be like,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: I mean, none of this looks familiar. I can't imagine because it's just it's so disposable now. You don't really get that kind of relationship. It's whatever's hot. And then the next thing comes along and you forget about thing one because you're on to the next thing. Whereas, like you said, if you bought it, oh, no, I'm holding on to that with both hands and I'm going to listen to it till it falls apart. Yeah, even if you don't like it. Oh,
2: you yeah. not listen to it over <laughs> and over again because you spent your whole month's allowance on the damn tape, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he did a great job running through through Appetite for Destruction.
1: Was saying, you and I had a little bit of a disagreement on, you know, what was your favorite song and what was my least favorite song? Which actually, it, it it's good because it, you don't want, you know, hell, I think that's great. Hey, I think that's great, too. That's my favorite. It's my favorite, too. You know, if you get a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, not disagreement, but different points of view, I think yeah. it makes it a little more interesting. Yeah,
2: and that's why I like to have guests on, too, because you and I are fairly alive. It's not like mm-hmm. we both love the same stuff and we always agree, but the reason we talk about a record is because we both like it a lot. Right. right.
1: <laughs> yeah. right. yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. So that was show 63 with Chris, and then again, uh, show one, when we did uh, the stadium tour with him. Show 67 was someone who reached out to us, who we did not know We've since become a dear friend, and that's Christy Alexander Hallberg. Ah, uh, yes, author yes. of Searching for Jimmy Page, mm-hmm. now host of Pantheon podcast Rock is Lit. What we're shocked to authors who have written books about rock music, and she was good enough to, to have us on her show to talk about Dazed and Confused, the Richard Lickladder classic, with maybe one of the best soundtracks, two soundtracks mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> But having Chrissy on to talk about her book and to talk a little bit about Jimmy Page's Outrider album because that's kind of at the time it was set and it was something that was influential to her. I it was just cool to find a, a kindred spirit,
1: someone with a lot of energy, a lot of passion about Zeppelin and, and rock music. Yeah. And and that is probably my most favorite thing about doing this podcast is meeting people like that. Somebody you would never talk to. I mean, she doesn't live anywhere near us. She's you know, she's a writer, and we are not big mm-hmm. readers. But but to meet That's somebody like sure. that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> putting it mildly, to to meet somebody like that and, and to just have that instant like friendship and kinship, and yeah, it was great to talk to her, get her perspective on you know Jimmy Page who was huge for the two of us Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because when you think of Led Zeppelin you you don't think of women a lot you think like you know it's it's a it's for guys and you know exactly correct and to hear her say how much she loved you know to listen to the records and what a big part of her life uh, it was it was great to to get that perspective and then get to to kind of go forward with that, go on her podcast and talk about another thing that we really loved, which was Days and confused.
2: That's right, and we'll definitely be having her back in in twenty twenty three at Absolutely. least once. You know, yeah. I would gladly do her show anytime she asks. And I'm kind of hopeful that maybe one day we can all meet up, especially if I'm coming back home. Right. You know, I don't know when that opportunity might present itself, but. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. But, you know, wonderful person and a fun mm-hmm. show. Check out Rocky's Lit. Now, not too long after that, show number seven, uh, we kind of did a double header. One, we had Amanda Lane back to talk about her charity single, One Last Spin, which is talking about gambling awareness, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a good cause. But we also had rock journalists and sell on, you know, talking about difficulties of being, you know, a woman in this industry, but also kind of learning and teaching us about some of the festivals she goes to because everybody knows classic great right? everybody knows download uh, but she's talking about smaller festivals to, to try to get to you
1: know more unknown bands try to lift them up and i thought that was a that was a cool show to be able to do two women in rock yeah yeah definitely it was great to talk to amanda again That was uh, the day that that went down. I was in London. We had spent the day together, I think the previous day. Mm -hmm. He said, well, we'll meet up again. And so I was doing the math in my head, and I'm on the tube thinking, I don't think I have enough time. I think I'm going to be late to this because you got to do the transfer. Then I get to the station, and I'm booking it down, uh, Mm down, down. Abby Road to try and get to your place and right. show up like five minutes before she's supposed to be on there. But that worked out well. It was great to talk to Amanda again. And it was great to talk to, to Anna about, you know, her experiences going through that. You know, you think that journalists are you know welcomed into these things but sometimes not sometimes it's rough and sometimes the festivals are they're not super greatly organized or put together and and mm-hmm. she she has a she has a passion and if she's going to get it done she's going to get in there she's going to get the interviews she's going to tough it out and it it was it's great to hear somebody talk about Having a profession that's also their passion.
2: Well, and that's what I really like too, because she, you know, she wasn't always a rock journalist. You know, she had done other things and worked in in another industry, like I mm-hmm. uh, And then, you know, you kind of say, "Well, I'd really rather be talking about rock music with my buddy Garrett, You know, it's can we shift gears? Can so we make this happen somehow? It gave me hope that you can still. You don't have to be sucked into that corporate vortex of soulless, (laughs) you know, slavery. You can actually do something you love, and and so she's an inspiration to a lot of
1: people. And she's got killer hair. Yeah, sometimes it's pink, sometimes it's purple, but But it's it's always amazing. amazing. Definitely, Uh, definitely looks the part. She's gone all in with the uh, the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, she's
2: awesome. She's awesome. Uh, and she she's written about, uh, she's written in lots of different publications, working on mm. a lot of cool stuff for 2023. But now, skipping forward to episode 76, this is one that we really had been hoping for for a long time. Uh, and that's having the Kiss Kings and number one Kiss podcast <laughs> on the planet, Tom and Zeus from Shout It Out Loudcast. Look, I, you and I both didn't listen to many podcasts before we decided to do a podcast. But mm. then once I got into doing a podcast, I'd like all right, well, I gotta listen to some good ones, right? And and one that I liked was the Rock on Tours with uh Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp, very great in England. We'll come back to that. But one that I found that I absolutely loved was the Shout Out Loudcast, because mm. these guys seem to be about our age, and it turns out they are. We're in the exact same grade. Yeah. And so they grew up the same time, they all the same cultural references, same movies, same music, all that kind of stuff. And then Yes, they are in-depth on KISS. They love the same faults and silly stuff about KISS that we love.
1: <laughs> but mostly, I got to tell you, I love these guys because they make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great show. It's not re- – I mean, it is KISS-centric. Sure. But basically, you just – it doesn't matter what the subject matter of the week is. You just want to hear what they have to say in general because they wrap up the week. They they read tweets. Uh, and and Facebook and email stuff that comes into them, they really created a little universe for themselves with their with the kiss fans. And yeah, they it it's great because they are giant kiss fans, but they are not you know the the blind, you yeah, know whatever they sick do is frantic correct. It's, you know, correct. Yeah. They will call them out on stuff that they don't like, stuff that they think is crap. So yeah, it is great. and you know, honestly, it, like you said, they're the same age. We could have easily, had we gone to college with them, we could have easily been friends with them just right. as easily as anybody else that we were friends with where we went.
2: And they're prolific, man. I mean, now look, mm-hmm. Tom suffered a horrible tragedy this year. and And, yes. and, and you know, obviously our, our thoughts and prayers went out to him and try mm-hmm. to support him as best we could. And, and, you know, during the holidays, you know, I just wish him and his family all the best. But they, other than that, they never miss a week. You know, and they also do album review crew with Sonny Pooney once a month. They also do The Zeppelin Chronicles with Jay from The Hook Rocks, our other Pantheon podcast buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also started a Dorn Damage show, <laughs> which they're essentially doing once a week now. I know they don't have to do it once a week. It's kind of one of those things. They can do it whenever they want and maybe it's 20 minutes or maybe it's an hour and a half, whatever, but they're not missing that much. So the guys are prolific And they're funny, and I got to tell you, including our show, it's the only show I don't miss. It's the only show I make sure I hear every single week, and that's not because I'm dying to know their opinion of the Creatures of the Night box set. It's because (laughs) they make me laugh. They're funny guys, you know. And and yeah, in in a world where we live through COVID and floods and living in five different places in the
1: course of a year. Those guys yeah. make my day. And, and the fact that, like you were saying, I mean, the amount of output that they have is, is insane because I think they both have full-time jobs. Oh, yeah. And, the, the, and there was one. Yes. Yeah. Via families and everything. And um, when they were talking about being on the Kiss Cruise, and then they, they interviewed like every band that they liked on one inter- on one show, and then they're talking about doing these three other shows and being up at four in the morning and editing. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, kudos to them. They they are very passionate about what they do. And the two great guys who, again, I mean, we, we had never met them before. We had them on the show, and it was like we'd known them for years. Well, of course, that show yeah. – uh i had uh, the wolf cub.
2: my daughter Ruby <laughs> made her podcast debut and she comes on i like <laughs> think destroy uh, is a good album
1: <laughs> what's your favorite song off
2: left guys <laughs> and it got them laughing so that, that uh that that warmed my heart
1: sure. i have to say that uh the, that they um i, I volunteered for a uh, event for the band for my son's uh one of the football games mm-hmm. and it was just it was just running uh food out at the concession stand okay and in the in the cooler they had ice cold mellow yellow oh my and god every time I went in there that's all I could think about was having an ice cold mellow yellow that's great
2: anyway <laughs> Well, hopefully, you know those guys are doing great, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, we can have them back on the show here uh, for yeah, too long. Absolutely. And that long after that, on show seventy-eight, we connected with someone who's actually become a dear, dear friend of the show, and that's Paul Stevenson of Vintage Rock Pod mm-hmm. uh, and This Day Rocks. Uh, Paul's uh, kind of up in the north of England, or maybe even the south of Scotland. There, he has an amazing radio voice, and he has bona fide rock legends on his show every yes. week you know i mean it's, it's something like a third of his guests or something like that are in the rock and roll hall of fame certainly a quarter of them and the ones who aren't are in bands that you know or were or, or side people to folks who are in the rock and roll hall of fame you know so fantastic guy we were talking about oasis on that show like how huge the next beatles in the uk and how uh in America,
1: yeah, just another band from the who are you and the Blowfish. <laughs> yeah, great guy to talk to, ton of knowledge, and, and and like you said, the 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 caliber of guests that he gets is ridiculous. A, a real humble guy, really nice guy, and mm-hmm. I really like. I mean, in in addition to the the Vintage Rock Pod, I love listening to the uh This Day in Rock too. Yeah,
2: This Day in Rocks comes out. Or so Vintage Rock Pod, I think, comes out every Monday and has long-form interviews with these legends on there. And then Tuesday through Sunday, he has a four- to eight-minute show uh, kind of talking about On This Day in Rock and Roll History, and then will have a guest talk about something. And you and I have both been on as guests mm-hmm. several times uh, talking about whatever it might be. And I think uh, as this is released, this show is released, I think the same day maybe, we will be on talking about Led Zeppelin II, uh, Okay, and how, and how awesome it is, but how ruined it is by American <laughs> rock rating So yeah,
1: it's great to have a little check-in and and th- there's stuff that I knew stuff that I didn't know and uh just kind of to have that uh little thing to look forward to every day it's real easy to listen to and it it's great to be a part of it when he uh when he invites us and it's I
2: mean look he's been huge to our show not only being a guest for letting us come on his show but when I have technical difficulties or I was in you know in harlem uh, recording and it was hot and the fan went on and it kind uh, of ruined my audio he cleaned mm-hmm. it up for us you know i have bad audio oh that's right yeah he can fix it uh whereas i cannot so he's he's been a huge huge resource to us and a good friend of the show and we thank, thank you um, for all that you do next up show 88 sunny tony <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood <laughs> To me, for from Growing Up Rock podcast that he does with Stephen Michael. And of course, album with J. Crew and Tom and Zeus. What I love about Sonny is he a, he has a great voice. B, yes. He knows what he likes, even though I disagree with him a lot of it. But that makes for good back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he is a little older than we are. So he has some different experiences uh, than we do. But that, you know, the whole he likes something that we. You Know, like, I said, hey, you want to talk about Pink Floyd? He's like, oh, Pink Floyd, yeah, Pink Floyd <laughs> sucks. I'm like, Pink Floyd sucks. What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, what's wrong with you? But that's okay. You know, that stirs things up and it gets people talking. So he's he's got a great thing going on. And, and he moved to Cincinnati. So I got a feeling that I might just
1: see him at some point in 2023 because okay. we're really okay. Him far maybe we'll go see a show again yeah that yeah. would be that would be great yeah real real great guy to talk to uh kind of in that same uh genre of music it overlaps a little bit mm-hmm. but yeah he, he you're right what he likes no matter what anybody says he will die on that hill he will die on the richard marx hill if exactly. he likes them and and honestly like i love that because if you can defend it i'll listen to it all day i'll listen to your opinion all day long i might not end up liking that artist. Right. But I like the fact that you're passionate about it. But
2: like he does album review, Crew of Townsend. So he brings up a y and I don't know anything about Y&T. So mm-hmm. then they play this stuff. And like, yeah, you know, stuff in there. Like, that's cool. You know, oh, and yeah. And, and he's seen him a bunch, you know. So definitely would like to have him back on for sure. And then the next week, we spoke to Mike Wemba of Rare Vinyl, rarevinyl.com, who mm-hmm. just happens to be our wonderful sponsor. And I got to tell you, I'm really... Or how to have them as our sponsor. Not that, like, having a, you know, Tampax wouldn't be a great sponsor or something <laughs> like that. But for people who love rock music and love to collect rock records and stuff like that, Rare Vinyl has the most amazing collection of stuff. And you can find the coolest stuff on there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, when we, when I first moved to the Netherlands and I sent them, you know, the invoice, hey, please thank me for sponsorship. After a couple of months, we really only really had like two uses of our code podcast because if you use code podcast, you can save 10% off not only your first purchase, but all of your purchases kind of going forward, which is a pretty mm. deal. Well, after a couple of months, we only had two purchases and like it was like $117 or $117 pounds for the sum of the purchase and like a hundred of it was made. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, uh oh, this might not be working out. Well, I just talked to our, uh, to the, Pricing the head, and he told me there've been over a hundred and ten purchases
1: made with Code Podcasts. Wow! Podcast wow. Well, day. whoever that is out there, thank you very much. Yeah, and you're welcome too, by the way, because you just saved ten percent off all
2: this great stuff in my guy. And if mm-hmm. if you made purchases through RareVital.com, use that. Hey, please send it to us. Let us know what you're picking up. You know, send it to us via email, uglyamericanwearwolf at gmail.com, or do it on Twitter and share it with the world. We'd love to see what you're getting and the condition of it and, and how pleased you are with your purchases. And that's really cool. So thank you to Rare Vitals for being amazing sponsors, and thanks to everybody
1: who continues to use that code uh, and get great discounts on music too you love. It was great to talk to Mike. Just somebody, again, who who has a a job that they're very passionate about yeah. and to, you know, to be able to go through and, you know, pick these records out. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, what are you looking for? You know, what's like the Holy grail. And he was talking about the Beatle records that had the different, there was a different font or a different uh, label on it. And that's right. you nice. Know, you can find that. That's great. But the other thing too, was, I think he said he found, he was looking through somebody's collection and he had found like either uh letters to someone or he had found like maybe some kind of uh adult fair that they were trying to hide yeah something (laughs) something like that so it it just it just proved to me that even though the this was somebody's life like you get to you get to look through somebody had this collection like they bought these records and they love these records and then for whatever reason they're giving them up but it just it it showed to me that even though we've talked about it we know about it A million times before music like that and collecting music is a very personal thing and and to to be able to kind of look into somebody's life it it's pretty it's interesting and it it shows you the the relationship people have with this music absolutely yeah it's all true and he had an interesting life
2: living in japan for a while Mm -hmm. collecting all these kind of different things that he likes and finding gems that you know maybe you could buy for one quid or five quid and end up being worth hundreds of dollars it's a it's a fun hobby. I know a lot of people who listen to the show collect records and things like that. So J- definitely check out that episode number eighty nine, uh, and it, it did really well. I was kind of worried about it. Well, Mike Winman is is a famous person, right? right. Uh, so, yeah, we got Mike Winman on, but we actually it, it, I think it was the third best, third best since we moved to Simplecast. But we're not going to hmm. get into Simplecast because we're moving away from Simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> did awfully well, so I was I was happy about. it again, Chris from, from Rock These Tweets or my we Will Ever, he came back for number 91 to talk about the, uh, the stadium tour. But number 99, our 99th show was with Christian Swain, founder and CEO of Pantheon Podcast, of which we are a proud member. And that was a fun conversation. Usually, Jackson, you and I have an outline pretty well What you want to talk about, <laughs> and it's about a show or it's about a- record or whatever and we were just kind of riffing with him like learning about him being an artist in la back in the day but really
1: we ended up just kind of talking about rock and roll from the 70s and stuff like that and it was a really fun talk yeah that definitely what and we've had more than one guest like this but definitely a guy that we could talk to for just hours and hours and hours Mm -hmm. the amount of knowledge that he has and and the the cool part about him is that he he's got a lot of knowledge but it's not like well you don't know this ha, 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 ha. like he's very he's he it, it's like he always wants to educate people like you know we we just got into talking about how it, when you listen to stuff from the 60s and the 70s you can hear how how far they advanced in recording right and then i then i went back and listened to stuff from the 60s and said oh yeah like it really was leaps and bounds but him just talking about it in a very matter of fact way uh, a guy who's been in the business a couple of different ways as an artist and now mm-hmm. as an executive. It j- yeah. Just a real wealth of knowledge and a real, very humble, very cool guy to talk to. Yeah.
2: And his Rock and Roll Archaeology podcast is a great one to listen to. Mm-hmm. Learn about all sorts of the history of rock and roll and things like that. And so we thank Christian, not only for the opportunity to, to be part of Pantheon Podcast with all the resources and experience and, and things that they bring to us, but for coming on our show and if we can have him back on, I'm sure we will. Absolutely. Uh, and then Show 103 with Martin Popoff. You know, again, this is somebody who I knew before we ever, or I knew of. Didn't know personally, but knew of before we ever started the show. Because he's written over 100 books on rock <laughs> bands that we love. And he did Contents Under Pressure, The Rush book. And I'm like, I know who Martin Popoff is. Turns out he's got, you know, History in Five Songs, a great <laughs> podcast. On the Pantheon uh, Network here, but I decided I wanted to do a Blue Oyster Cult show because I was supposed to go see them. Of course, did not work out. But then I figured, well, okay, I can't get, I can't go see the show. Maybe we can get someone who knows Blue Oyster Cult onto the show. And sure enough, Martin did it. Uh, and it was it was kind of a fun walk through. It was it was not a, an album thing. It was, although we did a little concentration on a couple of albums. It was more of a primer for folks just. If you didn't know much about Blue Colt or you were a general fan of want to learn more, it'd be a good show for it. He was very generous with his time and his knowledge.
1: Yeah, and and I went back through and looked through the stuff that he's done uh, on the book, and yeah, he's got some really great books, uh, either it, both picture books and kind of the history of stuff that mm-hmm. you maybe didn't you know, I didn't even know I wanted to know about that. But yeah, read <laughs> through it, and and I think Blue Oyster Cult is one of those bands that. It's kind of a conundrum, like they should have been a lot bigger. And then we talked about that a little bit, but definitely a cool, deep cut to get into and a great guy to talk to.
2: Yeah, super guy. And you go to martinpopoff.com, and it may be a martinpopoff.ca too, if I'm not mistaken. But you can get, you can't get all his books because some of them are out of print now. Gifts for Friends, One Word About Certain Bands, huge resource, Martin Popoff. Go check that out and you get also that David Bowie book, at 75. I think it's a real kind of a fancy book, you know, a very nice book <laughs> to add in the collection. But hopefully we're going to have him back on next year because I know he's got like uh, a Dark Side of the Moon, at 50 book coming out. And I think he's got okay. a AC- ACDC, at 50 book coming out. We know we're going to talk
1: about that. Absolutely.
2: So, but those, those are the guests that we had on that, you know, they may not be musicians, they maybe they're podcasters, they maybe writers, what have you, but Like you said, we could have talked to a lot of those folks for a really long time. Some of them we had on a couple of times, and I would love to have any of them on again, and hopefully next Mm -hmm. year we will. Absolutely.
0: Hey, guys, this is Ryan Condal, the executive producer, writer, creator of House of the Dragon, and you're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, and you should download and subscribe. Keep doing that.
2: All right, so let's shift gears here a little bit. When COVID hit, not only did we have to do this show, to kind yeah. of keep from going mad and to keep <laughs> in touch with another human being, but there were no live shows to go to in, mm-hmm. in 2020 and 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 you know part of 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I had purchased thousands and thousands of dollars for the tickets that got postponed and some of them then postponed again a whole other year later. Some some of those tickets I was holding on to for two and a half years. So 2022 came it was like okay, we can start going to
1: concerts again i was super super excited and so yeah. many people around the world War too right i think it was one of those things where like when uh when COVID first hit you know zoom got to be really big in the business world and people said well you know this will just take the place of in-person meetings and that's not the case at all people are dying to go out and see you know interact with other human beings and see live shows I, the first one I saw was the cult that we talked about down in Orlando, and you mm-hmm. could just you could just feel the energy. It was just popping that people were just they couldn't wait to see live music again.
2: You're, you're absolutely right, you know, and and because so many of these things had to be rescheduled, suddenly I was I was doing these things like back to back to back to back, yeah. you know. <laughs> so so like you know this kind of stretched out. I was going to one a month, and then all of a sudden I was going to four in one month, right? You know, yeah. so. So that's the way it worked out. So, you know, look at episode 71, 73, 74, and 75 were all live reviews, you know, that, that happened boom, 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 right in the row. 71 was Genesis in the O2. Mm-hmm. And I saw the second to last Genesis concert that they're ever gonna do. And I took my wife, and it was a spectacle. I mean, it, you know, it's what you would expect. All the amazing, the lighting and the stage prep and all that kind of stuff, you know. It, it, and it featured the corpse of Phil Collins. I mean, I just Ooh. felt so bad. He, he is not in good shape. He still had a little bit of that Phil wit, mm-hmm. which is good. And he had people singing behind him to kind of help boost his sound. God bless him. He came yeah but
1: uh, it was it was kind of sad. yeah yeah I remember you, we were texting back and forth and you know you said I'm at the show but you know Phil looks bad, he looks bad. and he, that's that's kind of the you're on either side of the fence like you got to see them which was great mm-hmm. but it was it wasn't the most optimal way to see the artist so you kind of go back and forth you know should he hang it up should he keep going you know you, you there is a whole generation of people that grew up with genesis that would love to see phil collins play again these the uh, play these songs again but you know at some point in time it, he just can't do it anymore like physically he, i know
2: i know and look the whole band around him was fantastic his son nick that's not a participant. Yeah. that guy's yes, legit, yes, correct he's really good you know uh, i wish lily had come out uh just to say hello peter Daniel yeah. was backstage to say to wishing their best you know uh, i saw which, that yeah which was cool to do but uh yeah it was, it was kind of checking the box a little bit like honestly I mean, look, the music was great but poor Phil was just not up to the task and i'm glad it's over mm-hmm. for him but the next show 73 was simple minds live at wembley arena not the, not the stadium where they play soccer and football
1: but the arena right next door and i tell you that was a last man that, that was, was a lot of fun and that, that's one of those bands where you said you're going to go see simple minds and i was like simple minds okay uh I, I i mean everybody remembers them who had anything connection with the 80s it, definitely a bigger band over there in the uk but yeah you going to see that show and then kind of talking about the music introduced me to a lot of songs that either i had heard a million years ago kind of in passing mm-hmm. or stuff that was new to me they're a great band uh, the shows that i've seen like on youtube and uh you know different places on the internet it always looks that the band is fantastic they have a great backup singers it, it just looks like a lot of fun to go see it was great. It made a huge
2: stage. I mean, it was it was a lot like Genesis just maybe made it a little more pared down than that.
3: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
2: I mean over here, or I'm not I'm not in England anymore, but in England in the 80s, called 1982, 1983. They were like, symbol Minds are U2. Like they mm-hmm. were that yeah. big. You know, whereas in America, U2 the biggest band ever, and Symbol Mines was the band who had that song from the Breakfast Club. You know. <laughs> but you know what the thing is, when I start going to shows and stuff like that. I have to figure out some is mostly I like to go to shows either with a buddy like you or on my own. I mm. don't want to tick my wife because she doesn't enjoy it that much. And she's not having fun. Right. Then it's that you know, I'm having less fun. But yeah, I, I like to find shows that would be a good date night. Like I'm not gonna take her to see Iron Mait. I'm not gonna <laughs> take her to see Jeff Beck. I'm not gonna take her to see yes,
0: because she's not gonna get it,
2: you know. But well, like simple bodies, oh when I'll see that's, that's a good date night kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We'll go to that. Well, of course, I took her, but she'd been traveling so much and she'd been working so much, she got exhausted. So halfway through the show, she's like, "I'm just going to go home." You would say, "I'm just going to go home." She doesn't like to take the trains around like I did, so she went out and waited for an Uber. But it's tough to get an Uber down there, so she waited, waited, and finally got an Uber. So basically, I stayed for the whole show. I took the train home, and I got home like ten minutes after. Oh, Jeez, so should have just stuck around for that, she wolf, but <laughs> yeah. sit yourself. No. <laughs> but another date night one that I took her to, and show 74, was Sting. And mm-hmm. it was Sting at the Palladium where I saw Steve Hackett. So it's not at an arena where it was like 15,000 people. This is like 2,200 people or something like that. And he did a week's worth of shows. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty cool, you know, to see him in a more intimate place. Because the last yeah. time I had seen it, well, I'd seen it with his band at a racetrack, at an arena, and at a baseball, football stadium. And then I'd see them at the O Arena as a, as a solo artist, but to see someone of his stature in a theater like that was, was
1: pretty cool. And you yeah. have to go see the cult the same week, yes, House of Lose, was- And so we put those two together, yeah, that, that worked out well because we could do the one two punch. Yeah, I, I, I was that was another interesting, too. My wife was supposed to go with me, our son was sick that uh that day so mm-hmm. she decided that she didn't you know somebody had to stay with him right. so i ended up going by myself which i wasn't super excited about but it would have been maybe one of those things where you know she was going to make me happy Not mm-hmm. that you know she would have been super excited with the music but to be there by myself in a what do they call it a, a general admission show right. where i could work myself down to the stage and kind of just hunker down there was a lot of fun that was great. The energy was off the charts that night, uh, and I was super excited to be there. They sounded great. They looked really excited to be there. I think they were. I mean, I understand that that's how they make money, right? But I think it. it I think they also do it for the joy of just performing. So you could tell everybody was just chomping at the bit to get this show underway. Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah, yeah. Wow.
2: That's nice, cool. I'm so glad that you got to go see the Colback all these years again. Yeah. You know?
1: And I mean, honestly, I'm waiting for them to announce new shows because that was right before they put out uh, Under the Midnight Sun. So I could see them coming back again to, yeah. to play uh, songs off of that record.
2: And hopefully I can see them with you. Finally fulfilled great. the destiny we started about <laughs> 29 years ago or whatever that was. <laughs> all right, But then 75th show, Nick Mason, Saucer Full of Secrets, at Royal Albert Hall. This this was a very special show. and became even more special for reasons we'll reveal here in just a little while. Mm-hmm. But it was my first ever show at Royal Albert Hall. A couple of years ago, I was supposed to go see, it was, yes, Jeff Beck and Peter Frank, all within okay. about nine or 10 days of each other in Royal Albert Hall. They postponed them. They postponed it again. Peter Frank eventually canceled his show. And we'll get to yes and Jeff Beck in a minute. But, uh, but they all kind of postponed. When I lucked out, I got this killer seat basically set on the stage, on the side, on right next to Gary Kemp, was eight steps from Gary Kemp the whole night, and, and just saw them performing it, sitting down, basically face to face, eye level with them. And it was incredible. It was so cool to hear these old Pink Floyd pre-dark side tunes and see how they did it, how they made all this magic with all their little toys and buttons and and pedals and all that stuff, and that they really seem to enjoy being together. Now, of course, you know, we can fast forward a little bit, if you want, to show 100, which is when you and I got to go together to see them Mm -hmm. in Indianapolis, the first show we'd seen together in 28 years, which is (laughs) nuts. The first show since Rolling Stones in Tampa Stadium in 1994. But it's because... Pantheon podcast sponsored their U.S. tour. And some of the bigger shows got to interview Nick. And then you and I obviously got to interview Gary and Guy, which was really special to us. But my first show ever at Royal Albert Hall, I basically sit on stage to see a member of Pink Floyd, not to mention Guy Pratt, uh, who I consider a member of Pink Floyd,
1: uh, Mm -hmm. and doing these songs it was a really special night. Yeah, and and you said that you did not realize your ticket was that good until you got there. Correct. I mean, like I, you, I, you bought a ticket, you you think, oh, this would be pretty good, but then you actually sat down in the seat and said, I mean, I could touch you could touch the stage from where you were. Oh, you know, yeah, definitely. No, I I put my foot up
2: on the stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What happened was we were at Sting, and all of a sudden, I decided to, I I wanted to get Nick Mason, sauce Sting. I actually it was that day before and we went to Sting i like, I want to go see Nick Mason. So I, I just said my, to my wife, is it okay that I go to Nick Mason's full of Secrets on you know this date? I think it's a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I don't know we'll talk about. it." And so I, I had a chance to get something about 15 or, or 16 uh, seats further, like all the same row, but like further away from stage. Okay, uh, And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to pull the trigger. She doesn't want me to go. So I didn't do it. Then at that show that night, she's like, I don't want to go see the face. I'm like, well, I wasn't asking you to go with me. I was <laughs> asking if I can go. go. As your- <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. So at Sting, I got that on my phone. I got that seat on the stage. It just became available. Like, wow. And it was just it was just a huge, huge special night, nice first ever show at uh at Will Albert Hall. But finally, I followed that up. Show 82. We talked about going to see yes from the close to the edge 50 tour. Now When I first bought tickets, it wasn't supposed to be Close to the Edge. It was supposed to be Relayer. They're going to do Relayer in its Mm entirety. But because it it had been postponed and postponed, and like suddenly it's 50 years since Close to the Edge, which was a huge album for them, they decided, okay, we'll we'll do Relayer in 2023, and we'll do Close to the Edge 50 now. And for me, that was really awesome. You know, and Roger Dean was there to produce them, and I sat right in front of John Wetton's wife, Lisa. I got to talk to her a little bit about Sean and stuff that she has going on, and and I got to see all Rod's and Team's artworks. And you can see, well, behind me up here, I I bought some of them, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and so that was a cool show to be able to. Uh, and they sounded great and to see Jeff Downs and Steve Howe together mm-hmm. as a huge yeah. Asia fan. That was a special.
1: Night. Yeah, and, and and that's a that's a record that really holds up. And we got to we got to uh, review that in connection with the with the show. And uh, hopefully, well, hopefully turn some people on to that. It, that was a record that I had not—I'd heard, you know, a couple things off of, but never in its entirety. So that was that was really good to get into that, and then to hear you, uh, not only see the show, but get to talk to uh, to Je- to, um, to Lisa. Now, about uh john for a minute or two because yeah i mean all roads lead back to asia on this show that's for and sure. then, to, then to see the roger dean artwork which is a huge part of both asia and, and yes Yes's, uh, kind of the makeup mm-hmm. of their albums yeah that that was a special night absolutely no that was a lot of fun
2: but then we kind of get into the big shows the big high park shows mm-hmm. and you know look years ago 2006, I think it was, or 2003 was the last time. No, I think it was 2006 was the last time I'd seen the Stones, and you know, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to see the Stones uh, because I, I've seen them now. I've seen them six times in mm-hmm. six different places, different sets every time. It's expensive. I don't want to vapes all over America trying to track them down anymore. Yeah, maybe if they come to my town, I'll see them, but I'm not. I'm not going overboard. I don't want to spend the money because I, I'd rather spend, you know the money on five different concerts versus one stone's concert, right. <laughs> but when they're coming to play Hyde park and I get Joe mission and I can take my daughter and I can take my wife, you know, that's a different animal, you know, that's yeah. a different beast, you know? So, so I said, come on girls, we're, we're going to see stones um, and we'll walk out before the end. So we're not leaving with 80,000 other people. And it was just, it was a beautiful night, a beautiful summer night, because, you know, if I'd done that in America, it would have been 95 degrees it was like seventy-two degrees. It was so nice. I put her on my shoulders for honky-tonk women. Keith played Keith played connection, mm-hmm. which which we always dreamed about for thirty yeah. years. You know, seeing so him do so. It was it was such a super special night, so special that when they left to go to America yeah. that next day, <laughs> and the Stones played high part the next weekend. I went back for part two,
1: <laughs> and we talked about that on the show. And he, well, and that's what I was going to say, too. You know, you said you were never going to see the Stones again. I mean, it's one thing, you know, if they're playing the, I don't know, Texas Motor Speedway or something, but to see them in Hyde Park, I mean, it doesn't get any more English than that. I know.
2: I know. More than 50 years since they first played Hyde Park after the death mm-hmm. of Brian Jones. And by the way, that first show I saw, you know, they played London over 200 times since 1962. But it was the first show they played without Charlie in London. yeah. Yeah, uh, and and so that was that was a monumental thing. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, we did the show the previous year about Charlie's death and what he meant to us. So it he, he was special. And what's cool about the next time was I wasn't, I didn't have to worry about driving the girls around, and I could find a nice the spot. And they switched up the show. You know, yeah, I mean, as far as I think, were six different songs versus you know the previous week. So. That was worth it on its own. I think I've seen something like 79 different songs I've seen play on, on eight different shows. You know, uh, even though some of them I've seen at every show. You know, so, but also the second half of that show was not only Stone too, but it was
1: you at the Stadium Tour in Jacksonville uh, with your son in the ring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the heat and then in the rain right. yeah and that was a that was a great uh experience you know to kind of get him into seeing live shows and and kind of getting living it through him mm-hmm. and, and seeing you know it, what to expect it was a great show yeah we, uh, we we stuck it out through the rain and the the um you know I think they had two separate rainouts that day yeah. uh to see that to see him uh, experience that, uh, we talked about, you know, me not being super excited to see Poison, right. but the fact that I didn't even think they were going to be there because Brett Michaels was in the, he had been in the ICU 24 hours before with COVID to see right. him out there pumping the crowd up. Just a great show and a great memory to have. Uh, And and my favorite part of that was, well, not my favorite part, but one of the favorite parts was the the opening act, classless act. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, hey, by the way, you know, we're playing at midnight at this club and you can get in with your ticket. And we walked out of that stadium at like 11.57. I said Mm -hmm. to my son, wait what do you think and he was like you are out of your mind like, come <laughs> on you should be the one saying let's do this not me you should be dragging me out of here but no. a great night and a, and a great memory that the two of us have
3: and we would have back in the day <laughs> you know
2: it
1: oh <laughs> absolutely
2: yeah yeah that's awesome and then yeah i mean then the third dst summertime in hyde park was duran duran you know oh, and i i actually bought tickets for all three of us but i think my wife was wiped out from from running around America for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So my daughter went with me. And we had a good time, just the two of us, just hanging out and seeing Duran I've always wanted to see Duran Duran for the longest time. Yeah, I mean, We were little kids. And so to be able to see them, now look, I'd love to see them again, maybe in an arena or a theater or something like that. something A little more intimate, better sight lines and better sound. But mm-hmm. it was a fun night. Just me and my daughter, and, and hopefully, we'll have some more of those to come here soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Duran Duran's one of those bands where, you know, we talked, we did a whole show on them. uh I think it was probably last year. Yeah. You know, it, we were huge fans as younger kids, you know, with MTV. And then, you know, we got to college and it was like, I don't like them, what are you talking about? But then you're like, no, I really like them. They're, yeah, they're, they're a great band. Yeah. they got great songs. And, and like you said, they, they're still bringing it in 2022.
2: Yeah, good for them. I'm glad they still and are.
1: And actually, it was it was funny because we we were in the car and something you know, save a prayer or something comes on, and my son says, "Yeah, Duran Duran, are they are they still around?" Like they're playing Hyde Park right. uh, <laughs> over the summer, so yeah, they're still there, still doing it, still, still doing it. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: And then show ninety, Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp live. Yeah, I saw them at Royal Albert Hall. That was one of the, we kind of put it in the can for a little while. Uh, You know, and then, because we do that, we sometimes we save shows to have one just in case something comes up and we can't put a show out one week for one one reason or another. So we did that, we we did the live review, but we also reviewed the album, 18, which was not out at the time of the show. So it was kind of cool that, you know, we we kind of waited so we could kind of do both. Bottom line is, Jeff Beck is a legend, and Johnny Depp, as a musician, is one hell of
1: a... <laughs> it's oh, all nice. And that was it and I think you saw that show Right kind of at the beginning of that Like where it was more He was more of a guest star Like you mm-hmm. didn't really know That this album was coming out So it was still kind of a uh, Novelty deal yeah, it, it. I'm glad that he gets that Deb gets to pursue his other passion. But yeah, I, I, I would. It, it would be interesting to see Jeff Beck's take on that. Like when nobody else was around. Like Jeff, come over here. Tell me, what, <laughs> just between you and me, what's what's going on here? Like exactly. Is really? <laughs> exactly. I exactly. Mean, Jeff Beck.
2: Look, another can guy. sing
1: and he can play the guitar,
3: but
2: mm-hmm, doesn't mean you should be in a
1: band with Jeff Beck. Are you kidding Correct. me? Correct. Correct, and and Jeff Beck is another guy uh, who should have been much bigger in the United States. Kind of a kind of an odd guy, never really stuck to one style, right? And very very eclectic. So I think that that kind of definitely hurt him commercially. But you go back and listen to those records, and he's just he he is up there with the greats. Maybe maybe one of the greatest that's ever picked up the Stratocaster. Absolutely inimitable too. I mean, like David Gilmore will say. I've tried.
2: I've tried to make sounds yeah. in yeah. the way Jeff does it. I can't do it, and I'm like he knows his
1: way around the strat. Yeah. You know, he's not some rookie. Okay, he, he, if he can't do it, no one do it. The, yeah. There was an interview that that Depp. And Beck did. I think it was for Sirius or something. I don't know. And and Johnny mentioned something about how, you know, Jimi Hendrix said that, you know, Jeff Beck was his inspiration or something. And, you know, of course, Beck says, no, 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 you know, come on, Jimi Hendrix. But, uh, you know, you never know. I mean, I think he's he was that influential of a player Absolutely. Uh, when you really go back and look at everything that he's done deserves more credit uh, than what he gets here
2: that's for sure and then yes our our 100th show you and me in indianapolis together nick mason saucer for Secrets, working the booth for pantheon meeting heather our contest winner who mm-hmm. won front row seats which how cool is that to help someone's dream like that come true a little bit of a planes trains and automobile situation <laughs> for me to get there but fate would not prevent us from getting together for that show correct and uh and I'm just I'm just glad that we got to be it together
1: and and the thing was you had seen them in Royal Albert we got to interview Gary and Guy mm-hmm. before the show and so I, I was standing there I remember at the at the booth you know kind of talking to people talking to the 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 guy uh, who worked the VIP for the band and thinking to myself oh man, you know I hope this. I'm hyping this up in my head i hope this doesn't disappoint me did not disappoint at all show on, blew me There's, away yeah. oh my goodness yeah i mean i would have gone to see them the next night again had we had the opportunity it was just it was phenomenal
2: absolutely yeah hell yeah so and now i don't know if they're going to tour anymore is nick done now yeah. you know i mean i know they wanted to do it since COVID, and now they've done their two tours is nick going to go back to the you know back to the farm and hang out with the grandkids you know Mm -hmm. he never had to do it for money he just right he wanted to
1: go out there and do it honor those songs and get out and play a little bit so who knows i mean i yeah i hope he does but if that if that's it i'm glad we got to see it got to see it together and uh and do a show about that and get to talk to the guys in the band
0: Folks, well, that's part one of 2022 in review on the Ugly American Werewolf in London. Wanted to break it up for you guys. You know, we could have done two, two and a half hours, but we figured we want to give everyone their due. And we're so proud to have all of our podcasters and journalist guests on the show. And we're so happy to be able to go to live shows again. We wanted to go over each one, give it its own little time and remembrance because it was just great. It was after two years locked up, after two years of waiting for some shows to happen. Just so psyched to be able to see live music again, and for Jax and I to see live music together for the first time in almost three decades. So next week, we're going to go into the artists that we had on, and this was really something that made us proud, to be perfectly honest with you. When we started this show, you know, we're amateurs at this. We don't know anything about podcasting. We don't know anything about social media. We don't know a whole lot about technology, and we don't have any reputation in the industry to say, hey, we want Rock and Roll Hall of Famers on our show. But slowly and surely, you know, we work the channels to get people on who we really wanted to talk to. And we're really proud of the interviews that we did in 2022. And hopefully there will be a lot more of those to come in 2023. So tune in next week. You get to hear about the artists we interviewed like Deborah Bonham and Peter Bullock, like Jeff Downs and Carl Palmer of Asia, like Steve Hackett and Amanda Lehman of his band, like legendary Chris Slade, like Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp of Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. Gonna be a fun show, and Jax and I had a really fun time remembering these conversations, the questions we asked, and the laughs we had on the show. So as usual, folks, we want to know, do we get something right? Do we get something wrong? Do we miss the point? Did we leave out your favorite part? You have got to let us know. You email us uglyamericanwerewolf at gmail.com. You can tweet us at ugly underscore werewolf or at actionjack72. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Come find us. Come let us know the rock and roll bands, albums, movies, concerts, books, whatever. What do you want to hear us talk about? And thanks as always. To our friends at Pantheon Pods, you can check out all the podcasts at PantheonPodcast.com or at Pantheon Pods. And of course, a very special thanks to our sponsor, RareVinyl.com, where if you use the code PODCAST, you can get 10% off not only your first order, but every order you make with them over time. Definitely check out rarevinyl.com to find the thing that your collection is missing. So I hope everyone had a good 2022, and I hope you have a great 2023. We've got big plans for the show, and we've got a lot of stuff happening in our lives. So everyone get a little rest, have a little fun, listen to some rock and roll music. And to all of you rock and rollers all around the world, be cool and stay safe.